Welcome to Loosen Up Your Painting Podcast, the podcast with tips and advice on how to improve your painting. For beginners to advanced, you'll learn new ways to grow your painting fun and enjoyment. I'm Malcolm Dewey, your host from MalcolmDeweyFineArt.com, and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode three of Loosen Up Your Painting podcast. This episode, I'm going to be tackling perhaps a controversial topic, but uh, I think something that every artist potentially gets trapped into doing and may be tempted to to um, rely on this as um, a way to help learn how to paint, perhaps, that uh, turns into something a bit of, like a bit of an ha- unfortunate habit. And it's the cycle of copying paintings. Recently, an artist sent me the following question, and it goes like this. I've been painting for 18 months. Everyone says that my paintings are incredible. The problem is I continue to paint other artists' paintings that I love. I do also paint from photographs. Almost all my paintings are very, very close duplicates. How do I break this habit and do my own thing? Does that sound like a familiar problem? It actually um, is something that occurs a lot. And you might think that this is an easy question to answer. Or maybe it's a dilemma that you're facing and you're not sure about how to handle it either. So in this episode, I'm going to have a look at this question and uh, see perhaps what may be the solution or what might be helpful. So we consider what are copies and reproductions. Okay, what is the difference between the two? And as I like to jokingly use as an example, um, I refer to, let's say, that Van Gogh painting of sunflowers that's hanging above your uncle's television set. It's even signed by Van Gogh himself. Okay, that is a reproduction. And, of course, one of many, many thousands of reproductions of a famous painting. The artist who painted the reproduction did so with full disclosure. So the painting was never intended to be anything more than a reproduction. Okay, so a copy could be the same thing. But for argument's sake, I'm going to use this term to describe copies that are passed off as original work or which are so close to the original, um, that it's not really your own work. In each case, um, the artist signs it off as his or own work, and uh, anyone purchasing a copy in these circumstances and discovers the truth is obviously going to be um, unhappy and uh, justifiably so. Okay, of course, in ex- extreme cases, you may even be looking at uh, legal implications a forger of paintings, you know, then um, you're taking a big risk. But uh, let's not um, go to that extreme for this uh, episode. What I'm really getting at is uh, how to get control once again of your own unique uh, painting ability, getting your own message out there. So you may have heard the famous um, quote from Picasso, And uh, he once said that all art is theft. He said there is nothing original left. He also famously referred to Paul Cezanne, the famous um, post-impressionist. 
He called Paul Cezanne the father of abstract art, the person that made it possible for Picasso to explore and develop abstract art as we understand it today. So what Picasso was saying is that artists take up certain ways and methods of the artists that came before. This um, acquisition of a technique or method and approach is often referred to as stealing like an artist. And to steal like an artist is not a bad thing when you do it as Picasso was talking about. This is how we learn and develop our own style and uh, process what other artists have done before, and it's a way of learning. In centuries past, um, especially and famously attributed to the Renaissance era, is the practice of copying a masterwork to learn the master's methods. Now, this was, as I said, a common practice, and the Renaissance apprentice would copy the master's paintings to learn the trade. And this could go on for many years. The apprentice could be toiling away in the master's studios learning how to paint. And in many instances, the apprentice would paint less important parts of the master's painting. The master would then paint the important bits, like maybe a face in a portrait. In some cases, the master did not paint any of the painting. He would simply sign off the painting if it met his standards. Basically, he was saying that the apprentice had learned how to paint like him, and if the apprentices were good enough and the painting was then of such a high standard, the master could call it his own. So in those days, authenticity had a different interpretation than we'd associate it with the word today. These days, um, authenticity of an artist's work is quite a touchy subject. In the past, I did an article about uh, whether um, it's okay for an artist to trace a drawing. And I've received a lot of um, flack from some artists. Um, One artist even demanded to know if he should refund collectors who had purchased his traced art. I'm pretty sure he didn't ask his purchasers for their opinion either. Where you draw the ethical boundaries is going to be your decision. But all this angst is helped along by the internet and digital images as well. If you admire an artist's work, why not reproduce it? That is the question. But if you do so, you can't use it for commercial purposes unless you disclose this fact and receive consent from the original creator of that art. Now, this is probably an unlikely situation. You you won't get that consent and you might get an artist who is not particularly impressed with uh, what you intend to do. So if you reproduce or copy for private learning purposes, is that a problem? Well, I don't think so. I think if you are learning and trying to discover your own method, it actually can help to try and copy what an artist you admire has done. This is a way of practicing so you can kind of measure your development. But if you are doing this in a sincere um, and deliberate and disciplined fashion, um, you're very quickly going to tire of copying someone's painting. Um, If you feel that you've acquired 
or sufficient skill at that technique, you're going to take that into your own subject matter and produce your own paintings pretty quickly. I think this is what a good workshop teacher teaches his students. He is demonstrating how he does his paintings and the students are soaking up that lesson and going to then try it out for themselves. Maybe they even follow along and paint while the artist is painting the same subject. In almost every situation, the student's painting is going to look different. We all have our unique way of applying paint, even if you are studiously following another artist's technique your version is going to be somewhat different. Understandably, many artists today are nervous about images of their work getting out of their control. Yeah, is, it, is it worth getting upset about that or worrying about it? Sometimes you see signs at exhibitions that say strictly no photos. I don't agree with this, and I have written about this on my blog in the past. In my view... You are welcome to take as many photos of you want, um, as you want. Just take them, share them, give credit where credit is due. I consider this to be free marketing and um, in a connected world with social media, why not? So what about our artist who asked the question and who finds herself stuck in copy mode? Why does she feel stuck and, and uh, why not start painting her own unique work? I've thought about this and I believe the answer lies more in the emotions that the artist is struggling with. It's not simply an issue of lacking technique. I think painting a copy has advantages for her. The, these include the hard work, like um, working out the composition and color schemes, etc. All of that's already been done. And uh, everyone obviously likes the original painting. So why not do a knockoff or a reasonable facsimile and get all the kudos? It makes you happy as the artist and people who are looking at the painting are happy as well. So everybody wins. But unfortunately not because the artist is setting the bar particularly low. The artist gets the positive reinforcement she craves but it didn't take much work. Okay, to make successful original work comes with significant risk. And I think risk is painful, especially our artists who ask the question. So she does not want to make paintings that fail more often than they are successful. The artist's ego is fragile, and I'm sure we all appreciate this issue. Nobody likes to produce a failed painting or get uh, criticized for something that is not as good as we want. So the truth is that you need to churn out many failures before the gems start happening. The professional artist who paints six days a week accepts this, but the weekend painter does not have the luxury of producing large volumes of paintings consistently. So when you only paint two or three paintings a month, you want each one to be a winner. And this attitude is not realistic unless you accept the long road of trial and error. I've seen an artist burst into tears because she could not mix the right colors. Or 
Um, other artists who are so anxious that they abandon their paintings and never return to them. Some issues run deep and uh, cover a lot of emotional pain that may not have healed. So if you recognize these emotions, then I suggest um, reading Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And she explores the way uh, and methods that artists who are, who have patched over some uh, emotional issues, the way they can um, discover, confront, and answer these um, issues and then let them go. And it's not an overnight thing. It does take time. So to break the cycle, the emphasis must be on creating and not copying. So whether it's a photo from a magazine, the internet, or a friend's photo even, rather be inspired to create something that is original and not a copy. So even if it is your own photograph, try to tweak it in some way to make it into art. Portraits do not have to be photo real either. Of course, unless it's a commission and your client requires something in particular. Of course, getting a likeness in a portrait is important, but you can make the technique speak for your own creativity. The way you apply paint, use color, and so on can turn a portrait into an expressive event in itself, and something that tells people about you. So a sense of yourself should be expressed in each painting. This might take time to emerge, so you have to be patient about it and keep practicing with a deliberate intention. What I mean is to ensure your growth as an expressive artist, you've got to build this on a technical foundation as well. So as a teacher and a coach myself, I can only help to build the artist's foundation. This is not the finished product, but it helps with the student's progress. The student can learn and practice techniques but has to be ready to build new and exciting layers on top of that foundation. So if you're stuck in copy cycle and you take the approach of building your own layers in skill and your own layers in expressive painting, um, then you, you're very quickly going to develop the habit of creating unique work and not relying on copying. So you could perhaps try this um, approach and I'll did recommend this to this uh, particular artist to ask this question. To break the cycle of copying, step one is decide what is your favorite subject to paint. So out of all the reproductions, what is the common thread? Is it landscapes, portraits? Do you like painting horses? Whatever. So now you know what the subject is. So start looking for actual subjects like that in real life. Don't copy someone else's painting or someone else's photograph. So step two is then, who is the artist whose work you most like to reproduce? This will point to a particular style or technique that you prefer. You know, that look of the painting that excites you. So at least initially, you'll be able to use this as a guideline to develop your um, style but uh, to steal like an artist, you'll have to acquire or try to acquire some of those techniques of the artist you admire. But doing your own work is 
it's going to um, turn it anyway into something that is more unique to you. Step three is start acting like a professional. You've got to take the time for adaption and development. So professional attitude means accepting that failure is part of the learning process. You must learn this and move on from that. Don't let fear of failure or fear of producing something that is not up to the standard of, the, of someone else. Don't let that kill your creativity. Professional also means that you show up for work on time and you create. Stop making excuses. Recognize that you need to work on your own art. And the more you do that, and in a more disciplined fashion, without procrastinating or feeling fearful, the better for you. A professional pushes on despite the hard work and despite the risk. So to make this a habit, the professional has to set time for work, learning and marketing. These days and times are important and you must follow them. And let people know that you are taking this seriously. Don't let anyone facilitate or try to undermine your dedication. Okay, you've got to paint miles of canvas and use up gallons of paint over time. So let people know, let your friends, let your family know when it's work time, you don't want to be disturbed. And if somebody starts to um, tease you or mock your dedication or suggest you're wasting your time, cut them off. Okay, don't put up with that. Deal with that person if they don't learn their lesson and respect what you're doing, you may want to reassess whether it's worth giving them your time at all. Sounds harsh, but this is your life we're talking about and your future as an artist. And above all, learn to live with risk. So as a professional, you have to accept the risk that your work may remain unnoticed. It might not sell or does not express what you intended. But this is to begin with. You'll resolve these issues and you'll fix things up as you go. Also, criticism is bound to come along. So this is part of the risk. But because you are being authentic to yourself, you're not copying, you're not um, undermining yourself any longer. You've got to just let that criticism fly over your head. So does that sound possible? Does that sound like something that uh, you could do? Are you, or does the sound of that fill you with fear and you break out into a cold sweat? And that is something you need to really be honest with yourself about. And as I said before, if, you, if this does make you break out in a cold sweat, then uh, please read Julia Cameron's work, An Artist Way, and, and try and get to grips with these problems because many, many other artists grapple with this and have done so in the past and overcome them successfully. And you can too. So that hopefully this is an exciting prospect, one that makes you feel much uh, freer and is going to lead to positive growth for you as an artist. With time and effort, anyone can break their dependency on following the easy option of copying. You'll grow in character, you'll grow as a person, you'll grow as an artist, and you'll achieve success. Of that, there is no doubt. 
It is a after effect. It is a side effect of hard work and dedication and also having fun. With all of these things comes the journey of success. Right? Success is not a destination that you arrive at and then sit down and do nothing further. Okay, Success is a journey of doing what you love in your own way. You keep on that journey and you keep therefore being successful and having a purpose. And that is a life worth living. And that's a priceless gift to yourself. Hopefully, um, this has helped to answer a particular artist's problem. I certainly um, hope that she's doing her own thing and, and enjoying it. If you have any questions that you'd like me to have a go at answering or perhaps sharing my views, um, whether it helps or not, um, give it a try. Just um, send me your question. You can visit my website at malcolmdeweyfineart.com. Send me a note. Let's see if we can deal with that uh, on the next episode of this podcast. I'd also like to mention that this episode is uh, brought to you by Learn to Paint with Impact, my foundation painting course. You can find out much more about the course and, and what's involved and, and other courses too on my website. Just look at the tab for painting courses and see if there's something that you enjoy. So until then, thanks for joining me on this episode and uh, happy painting and we'll chat again soon.